platform workers, thank you uh, for your liberality this morning. If you've got your Bible, 2 Kings 20, 2 Kings 20, just got to spend uh, some days, Pastor Campbell, uh, some other men in Chandler, uh, we have a Chandler leadership once a year, uh, it's good to spend time with your pastor, good to spend time with other brethren, amen, that are like-minded, have the same vision, the same passion, same heart for God, so do really appreciate that. Amen. So 2 Kings 20, I used this illustration about two years ago. So some of you might remember it. Most of you probably won't, but uh, some of you got good minds. You probably said, Pastor, I heard that two years ago. Well, you're going to hear it again. And But it's something that we all need this morning. Uh, you know, we all have a spare tire in our car, right? How many checked that lately? Most people don't. We don't even think about it uh, uh, until we need it. But we have a spare tire just in case. So if you go buy a car, uh, many times they will open the trunk and show you there's a spare tire there. Uh, it's good to every once in a while just to make sure a spare tire is good. Uh, it's, it's inflated. It's, uh, the tread is good because when you need it, you need it. Uh, it's hate, you, know, you hate to break down and not have a spare uh, so we understand the need for a spare tire. It gets you out of a bad situation very quickly. You know, but some people uh, treat prayer, some Christians treat prayer this morning like a spare tire. It's uh, just in case. Uh, it's easy to forget about it uh, unless you're in a really bad crunch. Unless it's an emergency, it's a fixed to a dilemma. Uh, but prayer is much more than that. You know, prayer is a gift given to you and I. Think about prayer this morning. It's communicating to God. It's the Holy Spirit working through you and I uh, and building a relationship with the Father of all creation, uh, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer is a gift given to you and I that we can talk to God, talk to Jesus. The Spirit of God can move through us. So prayer is a very good gift to you and I. And if we're going to win spiritual battles this morning, prayer has to be more than a spare tie in your trunk. It has to be more than just something that gets out of a bad situation uh, in a crunch uh, time. Prayer has to be a part of who you are. And in our text, we're going to read about a man. Uh, yes, he was in a bad circumstance, but if you read his prayer, it wasn't the first time he's prayed. It's a man that knew prayer, a man that knew how to pray, a man that knew uh, the resources of prayer this morning. So let's go to 2 Kings 20, start verse 1. It says, in those days Hezekiah became sick and was to the point of death. And I say, the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die, and you shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Now, Lord, please remember me, how I have walked before you in, and in faithfulness with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly, and the Lord, and before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word Lord came to him, turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of uh, David, your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, behold, I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, I will add 15 years to your life, I will deliver you and the city out of the hands of of the king of Syria, and I will defend this city for my name, for the sake of my servant David. And Isaiah said, "Bring a 
a cake of figs and let them take and lay it on the boil that he may recover. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, what shall be a sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the house of the Lord on the third day? And Isaiah said, uh, this shall be a sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will bring, uh, the, Lord will, uh, the Lord will do the thing that he has promised. Shall the shadow go forward uh, 10 steps or 10 degrees or go back 10 degrees? Hezekiah answered, it's easy, it's an easy thing for this shadow uh, to lengthen uh, 10 degrees. Rather, uh, amen, rather let the shadow go back 10 degrees. And Isaiah the prophet called to, on the Lord and brought back the shadow 10 degrees by which it gone down from the steps of his, uh, amen. Let's pray. Father, by the blood of Jesus, I pray this morning. God, your name be glorified in this place. I break every demonic strategy. God, I pray against every demonic uh, word, every demonic lie this morning that would be said against this service. I'm asking God for your dominion, your power. God, give us a spiritual edge this morning. God, quicken our spirit, God, to the need to pray the joy that's in prayer, the gift that prayer is. God, we'd take it, uh, run with it. God, build relationship with you. Make prayer a part of our life as Christians. God, that you can speak to us. Uh, God, that you can move through us and visit us even in night seasons, difficult times. Uh, as reading our text, we can pray and see you move and add years of life uh, to us, God. Break bondages and strongholds. Uh, help us to be a people of prayer this morning. God's people say, amen. So I've titled this one in prayer this morning. It's all about Hezekiah. Hezekiah, is at, at 25 years old, became the 13th king of Judah. At 25 years old, some people can't tie their shoes yet. Amen, but at 25 years old, here's Hezekiah. He becomes the 13th king uh, of Judah, God's nation of people. Uh, he becomes a king. What a responsibility. He's a righteous king. Look at verse, uh, 2 Kings 18, verse 5. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor uh, before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, it kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. Hezekiah was a student uh, of history. Man, he studied the word of God. He knew the books of Moses. And the Bible said he was a righteous king uh, and held to the word of God the teachings of Moses. Hezekiah was zealous for God. Verse 4, he removed the high places, broke down the pillars, and cut down uh, the the false idols broke down the piece of bronze servant that Moses had made. For until those days, the people of Israel had made offerings to it. So Hezekiah is zealous for God. Uh, again, Hezekiah established temple worship and reestablished the Passover as a national holiday, Second Chronicles 30, verse 15. And they slaughtered the, the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the second month. Uh, that's important because it was stopped. And this is something very critical in Israel's past, amen, how God delivered them. It was a celebration day. Uh, God brings them out of Egypt. God says, this day will be celebrated forever. Uh, it was meant to be in them uh, constantly, yeah, but they had dropped it. But Hezekiah said, we're going to 
this especially, we're going to reestablish it. We're going to set, make this a celebration day again. Uh, and the Bible goes on to say, and the priests and the Levites were ashamed because they had stopped it. Uh, but they consecrated themselves, brought burnt offerings to the house of the Lord. Uh, uh, and it, and it, was, it became a wonderful thing again. But here's a man that's uh, zealous for God, righteous before God. Uh, he's a good man. Goes on, Hezekiah was very liberal and he's given to God. Verse 24, Hezekiah, king of Judah, uh, gave, this, gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep for offering. And the priest gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep. Uh, amen. Hezekiah was very liberal in giving. He wasn't just uh, preaching to the people, but he was preaching to himself. Preachers need to be liberal in their giving. Hezekiah's action brought about revival. Look at verse 25. Uh, the whole assembly of Judah and the priests and the Levites and the whole assembly that came out of Israel uh, and the sojourners who came out of the land of Israel and the sojourners who lived in Judah rejoiced. And there was a great joy in Jerusalem for since the time of Solomon, the son of uh, King David, Israel had uh, been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Amen. So Hezekiah was a good king, uh, a man of God, bringing the celebration back uh, to Israel. Uh, everything that God wanted to do, this, it was flowing through this man. Hezekiah trusted the Lord in time of battle. Amen. Second Chronicles 32, 7. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed uh, before the king of Syria and all the hordes that's with him. For there is no... Uh, for there are more with you than with him. Uh, with him is the arm of the flesh, but with you is, is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And uh, he had confidence in the Lord. So, uh, I mean, as you read about this man, all the way through, he's a man of God. He's a man that's uh, involved in moving the kingdom of God forward. He's involved in uh, pursuing God, believing God. He's transferring that upon the people, and the people are becoming like him. There's an excitement uh, in the house of God. People are zealous, they're righteous, they're uh, pressing in, they're giving, and uh, uh, amen. So it's a good thing. And what makes King Hezekiah such a miracle is his father Ahaz was one of the worst kings Israel ever had, or Judah ever had. Second Kings 18.1, Ahaz was 25 uh, when he began to reign, and he was, uh, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was, did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, like his father David. Uh, it goes on to say he was such, so, such a wicked king uh, that he even uh, burned his uh, sons as offerings to a false god. Uh, and here is Hezekiah seen all this. He's living that household. I've had people tell me, if, you know, if only my mom and dad or other people in my household was living for God, I can live for God. Well, here's Hezekiah. Think about it. He's in a household. Uh, his father's bowing down to false idols uh, and being all kinds of unrighteousness, but he's the best king Israel ever had. And I believe it all goes back to prayer. Here's a man that had a heart of prayer. Prayer settles more than just uh, uh, what it does at the moment. Uh, prayer's a gift, as I said. Once you become a person in prayer, a man of prayer, a woman of prayer, I mean, God's able to speak to you. God's able to move through you. Things are able to happen in your spirit, uh, whether good times or bad times. But, you know, King Hezekiah gives us all hope. 
that in the worst of times and conditions, we can live for God. You know, in South Africa, I spent four years as a missionary, me and my family. We had some Muslims get saved, some young Muslims. And they come in uh, young, probably in their 20s, early 20s. They grew up in these Muslim homes. I mean, when I talk about Muslim, I'm not talking about here just word Muslims. I'm talking about over there, they're full into it. Uh, they got the garb on their uh, their parents are doing everything Muslims do. and uh, But uh, they come and got uh, saved gloriously, touched by God. Uh, and many of these were beaten at home, beaten for being a Christian. Many of them were kicked out of their home uh, uh, for being a Christian, but they came faithfully to church. And as I and I seen their strengths, I talked to them. Uh, and they said, Pat, we can pray, and we can we can touch God, and we have relationship with God, and they feel the Spirit of God. I mean, just the gift of being able to pray and know that God's listening to you, know that God's uh, speaking to you. Uh, I mean, they're willing to take the beating for that. You know, but Hezekiah can testify to you and I that we have an enemy. If we're not careful, we can forget that sometimes as Christians, that we have an enemy this morning, uh, uh, amen, and we, we're in a spiritual battle. Hezekiah is righteous, he's faithful, he's zealous, yet uh, our text says he became sick uh, and was at the point of death. Hezekiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, came in, to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not recover. That's not good news. <laughs> I mean, uh, think about it, he's done everything right. I mean, he's moved a nation closer to God. He has been a, an example of prayer. He's been an example of righteousness, uh, zealousness. Uh, he's been a faithful and liberal giver of the house of God, uh, but yet he's been attacked here. He's, a, he's been assaulted in his body. Uh, he gets a boil uh, that's going to cause death. It's an, an infectious. Uh, it's terminal. Uh, he's going to die. And Isaiah the prophet comes and says, set your house in order. This is terminal. You're going to die. That's not the news that we all want to hear. You know, but Christians are not exempt from trouble, sickness, and disease. Matter of fact, Satan, all of hell, has a, has a target on your back. Throws missiles at you. Uh, Isaiah 6, 16, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you're able to quench all the fiery darts uh, of the wicked one. Uh, Satan has missiles uh, that he launches at you and I, uh, uh, and trying to destroy us. We're in a spiritual battle. So knowing that, how important is prayer? How important is it that we pray every day, that we get on our knees, we have, we keep the relationship uh, uh, with God strong, that we keep a relationship where God can speak to us, God can move to us, we can speak to Him. Uh, how important is that when we consider the spiritual battle we're in? See, it takes more than faithful, committed, and zealous to win spiritual battles. Hebrews 6, Jesus says, God uh, helps uh, uh, and gets victory through prayer. Look at verse 16, Hebrews 6. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There's nobody can give you help like God. When you're in a spiritual battle, when, I mean, when hell is breathing down your neck, you're in sickness, you're in disease, uh, or you're under an assault, there's nothing like prayer, uh, and the presence of God just bringing in a peace uh, 
and a mercy that comes from God, uh, and that comes through prayer. Uh, Hebrews uh, 13, 6. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what shall man do unto me. I've kind of prepared meetings before feeling that way. Feeling strong, feeling, listen, uh, it doesn't matter what happens because God is with me. Uh, I've just had a good prayer meeting, uh, and God has helped me in that prayer meeting, and everything's different. Our text, the Bible said, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. And I don't believe this is the first time. Because when a man of God has a, a, a pedigree the way I just read off to you, here's a man that knows, knows God. I believe he is a man of prayer uh, because in the time of need, he immediately turned his face to the wall. He didn't call uh, all the, uh, the farm, pharmacies and doctors, hey, what can you do? Uh, he simply went straight to God. He goes to God. He, he believes God. He turns his face to the wall. This is a desperate move. Uh, him and God is alone together, and he's praying uh, for a miracle. And as he's praying, God speaks to Isaiah. says, go tell Hezekiah, thus saith the Lord, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. Uh, that happened out of prayer. How many times have we went to prayer desperate? Uh, went to prayer, everything's breaking, everything's crumbling. Uh, I mean, you can feel the, uh, the fire of hell on you, but you come out of prayer, something happened. I mean, Hezekiah, I mean, the Bible says he leave the courtyard yet. He didn't leave the church property yet. Uh, God speaks, go back uh, and tell Hezekiah, I'm going to give him a miracle. I'm going to help him, uh, not just heal his body, but I'm going to do some other things for him as well. You know, answered prayer also involves the house of God. You know, 90% of what God does involves the house of God to some degree. Whether that's preaching we're talking about, prayer, deliverance, direction, uh, uh, much of what God does, he does at church. Listen to our text. It says, on the third day you shall go up to the house of God. I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you uh, and the city from the hand of the king of Assyria. Uh, God connects, uh, uh, God wants to make sure that he stays connected to the house of God. Isaiah 10, 25, Paul tells us, do not forsake the sibling of our, uh, of, of our, the gathering of ourselves as a matter of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Jesus is coming back. I'm telling you, if you've been watching the news at all, uh, and you know your Bible, we're definitely in the last days. We're living the last moments, probably of the last days, uh, as we see everything unfolding. Uh, and Paul stresses, listen, be found in the house of God. Be found in church, uh, because that's where God does most of his business. You know, answering prayer not only impacts our world, but it impacts the world around us. It says this in our text, the Lord brought the sundial back 10 degrees. Sometimes we just read stuff real quick. Uh, let's see what that means, though. You know, scientists have measured uh, on the sun, the moon, the planet, and how they orbit against time. And they found that, that in time, we're missing one day and 40 minutes. That one day and 40 minutes is missing out of time somehow. How's that possible? They're, you know, they're scratching your head. Well, they look in the Bible and get the answer, but they don't want to do that. Uh, but... Uh, but the Bible tells us very clearly, Joshua 10, 
uh, Joshua commanded the sun to stand still, and it did for one whole day. Uh, in our text, uh, the sun dial goes back 10 degrees, uh, which is exactly 40 minutes. Uh, so that so here's this answer. Prayer affects the whole world. The whole world was affected by the answer prayer here. Uh, and I'm telling you, when you're a person of prayer, man of God, woman of God, and you're praying, God will do things through that prayer meeting uh, and through your life as you pray that will touch all your surroundings. Sometimes I believe we go through things that God can do a work in us that will touch other people. I've went through things I didn't understand at the moment, uh, uh, but I seen later, just because I... Uh, God helped me, I responded right, uh, and that touched other people in different ways. As bad as your circumstance looks right now, if you keep your heart right, God can use that to not only bless you, but bless all those around you. So we know that about prayer. Let's look secondly, who will pray? So we know that prayer is powerful. Hezekiah shows us that God answers prayer. Hezekiah is hit with the news, though, uh, the sickness is terminal, uh, and you can't, you know, you can't get worse news than that, as I said earlier. Uh, uh, but Hezekiah's first response is run to God. He turned his face to God and prayed. So we can know prayer is valuable, know it works, but will you do it? I'm surprised how many Christians don't pray. Well, they may give their two seconds, uh, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, appreciate that, God. But I mean, I'm talking about prayer. Sitting down and having a conversation, uh, pressing in 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, uh, four hours. Uh, it's good sometimes just to get away for half a day and just pray. I mean, uh, get in uh, and pray, believe God, break through it. I wonder how many Christians do that. You know what's always puzzled me? What it takes to get some Christians to pray. The whole world can be falling apart and they just spend a few minutes in prayer. Think about the gift that prayer is. I mean, we can speak to God. We're not speaking to them dumb idol. I was, at a, I was on a job last week, and I just wanted to go kick this idol. This, uh, uh, I'm in this house, uh, uh, Indian, these Indians, and they got this big old fat Buddha, uh, in their living room, they got pictures, and they got this smoke coming. They're putting dollars in front. They're saying all these. I just want to go kick it. Just vex me. Uh, people spend hours praying to that dumb thing. That can't answer. They can't. They're throwing money at it. Uh, uh, they got a business. They're pleading with it. Uh, bless our business. It's a stupid idol. But how many Christians doesn't give God ten minutes a day? And we're talking about a living Savior, mighty God, uh, that can give miracle after miracle and does give miracles. And we don't want to take the time to pray. Mark 14, Jesus is going through the most difficult, his most difficult hour, and he's found in prayer, but his disciples are sleeping. How many of you ever read that scripture? And you're like, hmm, something wrong with that. Verse 32, Mark 14. And he went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John and began to uh, uh, be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here, watch and pray. You'd think they'd be praying, right? Hey, guys, man, I'm stressed out here. 
I've got trouble all around me. Pray for me. Pray. Uh, that's what he's. That's what it's saying. Uh, going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed. Uh, if it were possible, this might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. I remove this cup from me, but let not my will but your will be done. And he came and found his disciples sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch or pray one hour? Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, and this happened a couple more times. You'd have thought then uh, these disciples, I'm just, I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say praying. I'm supposed to be praying. Jesus came back, found me sleeping, uh, woke me up. I'm going to pray. You'd have thought that would be enough, right? Uh, Jesus come back again, see him knocked out. They're sleeping. Uh, Jesus, hey, I need you to help me pray. Uh, 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 come back a third time, and they're, they're sleeping again. Why is it that many Christians are found sleeping when they should be praying? Truth is, we don't learn to pray when tragedy hits, we'd be found sleeping. How many know Satan loves sleepy Christians? A verse later, when Jesus is arrested, disciples are all scattered, but verse 54 said Peter followed at a distance. Remember Peter? Right next to Jesus all the time. But because he's not praying, trouble's hit now. Uh, they're scattered now. Peter's following at a distance. I've seen this, these, this do this to Christians. I've seen this do this to good believers in church. Uh, a crisis hit. Something happened. Uh, and because they're not people of prayer, they're not praying. They're not uh, pressing in here. This thing has shook them, and now they're scattered uh, or they're following at a distance. Prayer life makes all the difference this morning. How we come out of trouble, how we respond, uh, and how we come through things, prayer makes all the difference. Listen, if you're going to have, or you're going to have to fight to get a good prayer life. Jesus said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let me, let me put this another way. The flesh will always say it's too early. Can't get up. The sun's not even up. What do you mean pray? Flesh will always say it's too early. Or the flesh will say it's the wrong time. Come on. Or press, or prayer, or uh, uh, or the flesh will say, "Hey, pastor's praying. Don't worry about it." That's the flesh. And Jesus said, "Watch and pray. The flesh is weak. If your your spirit, your spirit's willing." Uh, let me ask you: Is your spirit stronger than your flesh this morning? Does your spirit command you? Or does your flesh command you? Can your spirit stir you uh, and say, "Hey, you need to pray. You need to get involved." Uh, uh, with God, uh, you need to build a prayer life, not just a, an emergency spare tire prayer life. You know, Mark 4, if Jesus had to pray to get the victory over Satan, hell, and demonic, how much more do we need to be found in prayer? Uh, you, mark, you read Matthew 4, and, and uh, you know, where Jesus, uh, the devil met Jesus out, Jesus fasting, and and praying, and the devil meets him out there and begins to challenge and tempt him. If he needed prayer, how much more do we? You know, much of Jesus' teaching to his disciples was on prayer. 
We talk about the, the, the Lord's Prayer. He taught the, about the prayer at midnight, uh, the widow before the unjust judge. But mo- much of Jesus' teaching uh, to his disciples was to get them in prayer because he knew, listen, one day I'm going to be gone. Uh, and listen, these men, these disciples, uh, need to have prayer in them. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I tell you, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing that you, re- uh, that you have received it, and you will, and it will be yours. That's enough to get your prayer right there. I mean, God, if I just simply believe it and pray, it's mine? Who else gives you an offer like that? <laughs> Who else, I mean, gives you, hey, just ask. Uh, I'm overseas one time, and me and my wife were, uh, were in uh, Zambia, and in Zambia, I mean, uh, you know, it just is Zambia. It's third world day, you just living rough. Uh, it, there ain't no luxury in Zambia. Put it, uh, and, and I, you know, we're, we're just needing some basic things, but I'm like, uh, you know, I'm just wanting to believe God and trust God and stuff, but uh, finally I, I called Pastor Mitchell. I said, we need some help. Pastor Mitchell said, well, I think it's written, asking you shall receive, right? <laughs> but the lights came on. And the Spirit of God said, you know, you should have asked like two months ago. (laughs) You know, God's so willing to help us. God's so willing to help us financially, spiritually, mentally. God's so willing to help us. But many times we simply don't ask. We don't press in uh, and seek. And and he said, knock. And we just, prayer's the last thing we do sometimes. And wonder why we're so uh, dry. Luke eleven nine, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. How many believes that? How many prays? How many has a prayer life? Now, don't say amen if you're not doing that because you'd be lying in church. <laughs> be lying to a preacher in church, and that's bad. <laughs> but it's critical we have a prayer life. The disciples got it because after Jesus' resurrection, uh, the first church they started praying, Acts 3 1. It says, Peter and John uh, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. They got it. Hallelujah. I'm sure Jesus was excited. Yes, uh, they finally got it. Uh, I'm like that when the disciples finally get it. Pastor, I have a key uh, to come pray in the morning to church. Yes, they finally got it. Yes, uh, you don't know my rejoicing because sometimes I do it in secret uh, in my car, but I'm like, yes, they got it. They want a key to come pray. You know how many times I pray that? And I'm sure Jesus did, and finally uh, his men are going to, uh, going to the house of God at the hour of prayer. Uh, every man and woman needs an hour of prayer. I don't care how uh, spiritual you think you are, you have to have prayer time. If you don't have prayer time every day, listen, uh, uh, you're creating a bad circumstance. Acts 3, as Peter and John were going to morning prayer, they came across a crippled man, and they prayed for the lame man, uh, and he got healed. Not only did he get healed, the Bible said he went to church with them uh, and started serving God with them. Listen, when you when you're in prayer, you see a need, uh, you can meet the need, uh, you can keep that thing carried on when you're a man or woman of prayer. But when you're not a man or woman of prayer, you probably just walk right by that. 
And somebody ought to at least help him every once in a while or something. You don't know what to say when you don't have prayer in you uh, because it's not, the right stuff's not moving in you, right? So you know what the challenge is going to be at the altar call, right? If you don't have prayer life, get one. Look thirdly this morning, miracles from prayer. Prayer always precedes or goes before the miracle. I want to give you a couple examples. The multiplying of fish and loaves, we read about it in every gospel. We hear about it. Uh, it's preached on uh, that Jesus can multiply. He can do miracles. He can bless what you put in his hands. Uh, but that was birthed out of prayer. The Bible said Jesus looked up uh, uh, and looked up and thanked God. And all of a sudden this miracle begins to take place. Uh, it happened through prayer. And most of what God does uh, always has a prayer attachment somewhere to it. Jesus prayed at Lazarus' tomb. Everybody's weeping. Everybody's complaining. Uh, he'd been dead four days. Remember even Martha? He, there's a stench. Uh, don't embarrass yourself, Lord. Uh, don't, whatever you do, don't pray for him. You know, he'd been dead four days. Uh, he'd be on the point of being healed here. How many times do we say stuff like that? God, I know you're probably going to do nothing now. It's kind of beyond the point. Uh, uh, but Jesus says, hey, it's not beyond the point. You know, the story, Jesus very loudly uh, rolled the, uh, uh, you know, rolled the uh, stone away. Uh, Lazarus, come forth. I can imagine, you know, he's mummified. Uh, he's all wrapped up. Uh, I can imagine, uh, you know, everybody's waiting. It takes a moment. He's, he's mummified. I've walked in those tombs and, in Jerusalem, it's a big room, uh, and at the side of that room is a, kind of a ditch where they lay the body. So think about Lazarus. He had to roll out of the ditch. He had to somehow stand up. This took some time. Uh, you know, he had to stand himself up, and he's hopping out, uh, and he don't know where he's going. He's all mummified. Remember, uh, Jesus said, unwrap him. This man took 10 minutes. man took an hour. Jesus is standing there. People are probably like, why are we standing here for uh, and Jesus said, we're not leaving yet. Uh, all of a sudden, Lazarus come forth. Uh, I'm sure everybody's like, oh, oh, my, oh, wow, you know how it is. But Jesus showed us, listen, the power of prayer here. Miracles come forth from prayer. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible she said she said to herself before she ever got prayed, if I may just touch the hem of his garment, she prayed, uh, and through that prayer, a miracle it's happening. Uh, she reached out and, and she's healed. Jesus looks at her and said, hey, your faith has healed you. Sometimes we don't even think God's really hearing our prayers, but he does. Think about this lady, this your blood. She said within herself. She got faith. God, I'm, I'm just going to believe the best. I'm going to touch him and I believe him for a miracle and God hears that. Listen, God hears your prayer. Hezekiah prayed. Think about this, in 15 more years add to his life. You know, he's, he's only 44 years old. Ain't nobody wants to die at 44. And God said, you know what, I'm going to heal you and give you 15 more years. Uh, uh, that, that's a pretty powerful thing. I mean, to know that you got 15 more years, you can do quite a bit. That if you, I mean, if we know that, listen, we got 20 years left, 30 years left, we know how to plan life, right? 
Not only that, but God said, I'm going to deliver you and the city from the hands of Syria. That was their main enemy back then. Not only that, uh, he gets healed. Uh, uh, amen. Uh, the Bible said, lay a cake of figs on the boil, and he recovers. God rose back to sundown 10 degrees uh, for the whole world to know about this miracle. Listen, God's into miracles, but miracles come through prayer for the most part. If nothing else, that ought to get you praying. There's not a person in here that doesn't have some place in your life that needs prayer. There's not a person in here this morning say, you know what? Man, I'm so good, I don't even need to pray. I've never had any spiritual battles. I've got all the money I need. I've got everything. I don't even need to pray. You'd be lying in church. be honest, if we have more needs than what we want, there are people here this morning who need miracles. Listen, God can touch your life. He can break strongholds. He can break bondages. He can bring deliverance. Uh, he can do all that, but he does most of that through prayer. There's a guy named um, uh, Clayson uh, Garby, if I say his name right. He was thrown from his car in Rock, Rockerville, uh, Virginia, in June 2014. The accident left him in a coma. His lungs were crushed and nearly... Uh, or nearly every bone in his body broken. His brain awful suffered multiple strokes and hemorrhages, and his kidneys were failing. If he wakes up, the doctor said he'd, he'd probably be a vegetable. But his family refused to give up, turning to prayer. Thousands in the community began praying. Ten days after the accident, uh, Carby opened his eyes and mouthed, I love you, to his father. The doctor said it's a miracle. Listen, God moves through prayer. So, you know, complaining is easier than praying, isn't it? You know, complaining is venting the frustration of the flesh. When somebody complains, there's venting the frustration of the flesh. But praying is taking something to God. Listen, the God of all creation, our Savior and Lord has an ear for you and I. That's amazing to me, that God will listen to me. I mean, nobody's going to listen to you most of the time. They tune you out, you're talking, they're, they're thinking about something else, right? But God listens to us. You know, if you're going to be a man or woman of prayer, prayer requires time set aside. You're not going to pray uh, you know, and, and I ain't saying you can't pray. Like, I pray going down the road sometimes. Uh, God, help me. There's situations going on in my life. But I have time set aside. I have my morning prayer. I have other times uh, set aside where I, I'm coming. Uh, God knows I'm going to be there at that time of prayer. God can speak to me. Uh, I have this time set aside. And I'm faithful to that time for the most, most of the time. Uh, I'll be found in my prayer room at that time because I understand... I have to be a man of prayer here. But prayer requires time set aside. It requires a focused mind. I don't want you just in a prayer room. I want you focused. I want your mind engaged uh, in prayer, not, not just looking at your watch, looking at the ceiling, counting uh, how many marks are on the wall. That's not prayer. That's just sitting in the prayer room or on your phone, on your tablet. That's not prayer. So it requires time set aside, focused mind, a heart uh, 
uh, amen, that is responding to God. You know, re- prayer requires a lot. Maybe that's why people don't do it. But listen, think of the gift that it is. That we can pray. Think about how important prayer is the day you got saved. God, I'm a sinner. God, I'm messed up. If you can use this guy, if you can, uh, guys, surrender my, think how important that prayer was. God heard it, God changed you. But listen, every prayer after that is just important. You know, God made his disciples effective in the book of Acts, but the Bible said there was constant prayer being made. You read the book of Acts, it was always somebody praying somewhere, uh, somebody pressing in at uh, the whole book of Acts. It's like it bathed in prayer. There's miracles going on, there's uh, preaching going on, there's all these uh, different demonic assaults, but it's all bathed in prayer. Psalms 5.2, David said, My voice you shall hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning I will direct my prayers towards you. Daniel 6.10, Daniel said, Three times a day I will go to prayer. Hezekiah prayed and got a miracle. And let me say this, though I'm not trying to insult, I'm not trying to say anything, but if you will pray, you probably won't have half the trouble you're having now. Trouble may still be going around you, but you won't be troubled. It's amazing to me how prayer can just settle you, how prayer can just settle you down. Now, I mean, fireworks can be going on all around you, but you got peace of mind, man. You know, you're just loving life. Everybody, yeah, yeah. Everybody's, oh, well, okay, me and God. Listen, as a pastor, I have, I have weights, but I, I, but I know as a pastor, this is God's church, and that's what encourages me. It's not mine. This is, this is not Larry Mitchell's church. This is God's church. I'm just the pastor, but my relief button is always prayer. I'll lift your name up. I know you're going through something. I know you're struggling. God, uh, you need to help this person, these people. Uh, God, you'd move, speak, give a miracle. Uh, and I come out of the prayer room smiling because I know that God's heard my prayer, that God will move in that arena. And I look to see your face the next service. Yeah. And I want to say, hey, is God moving? Uh, is God speaking? Is God convicting? Uh, because I know God answers my prayer. Think about Hezekiah, I'm closing here. You know, people say, well, if, I, you know, if, if, uh, if I'm doing everything right, I'll never have anything wrong happen. Well, Hezekiah did everything right. We have an enemy. But listen, prayer is the, is the I mean, he simply prays, God changes everything. 15 more years, I'm going to crush your enemy over here. I'm going to turn the center dial back. Uh, how's that for answered prayer? You know, God just prayed to me like, wow, God did all that. I just prayed and God did all this. That's how God operates. So I'm going to encourage you this morning. If you have a, an issue, especially if you're flat tired this morning, you had a real issue going on, spend time in prayer. Listen, nobody can help you like God. But listen, don't wait till you have a flat tire to look in the trunk. How many people you see sitting on, on the side of the road with a flat tire? because they never looked in their truck to make sure they had a good spare tire. How many Christians do you see always down and out because they don't pray? They simply don't pray. 
Listen, things are not going to change just because. But when you get God involved, God can heal a marriage in a moment. God can turn financial trouble into blessing. God can turn disease into life. We've seen our text. God can even turn back a sundial and still amaze the whole world. This whole world still can't figure it out. How we lost in one day and 40 minutes in time. Well, if they just read their Bible or come to our church, we'd tell them. Amen. Get a prayer life this morning. Let's bow our heads.